A modern Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. At first I thought it would be cheesy to say this and people are over Sex in the City references, but I do have blonde wavy hair and I sit with my Apple computer in my 500 square foot apartment in Manhattan and write about love. I do have crazy dating stories and I love talking about relationships, but the relationship that I think Carrie should have talked more about was the one with herself. And that's where 30 Waves comes in. It's a blog and podcast about mastering our 30s and the life hacks that can help us do so. So whether it's about dating, um, I'll write about stories like how to stop overanalyzing or what's the real psychology behind why we miss our exes to other ways we can better ourselves from reading the best self-improvement book that I've read lately or my favorite anti-aging skin routine. And I even throw in some New York specific hacks like where you can get the best haircut for $50. So if you want to check out my blog, it's at 30waves.com spelled out. And so is my Instagram. And you can see that I might resemble Carrie quite a bit. Um, Yeah. So I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast and I'll get into it. Hey everyone, so it is day 14, I think, on my solo quarantine adventure, and I'm not going to lie, it's been pretty difficult. Um, I'm starting to have a lot more good days and bad days. Like Today, I woke up at 9.30, did my grateful journal, journal had coffee in bed, started working, did a workout midday. Um, I guess the lazy life like isn't so bad. Um, and luckily my apartment, even though it's about 500 square feet, I have a lot of windows and a lot of light so I can always open them and just the sunlight does put me in a good mood. Plus I've just talked to a lot of friends and loved ones which I think is the number one thing you can be doing right now um, to keep just your happiness levels up. And I created an IGTV video that I posted on my Instagram. If you're not following my Instagram, it is just at 30waves, all spelled out, T-H-I-R-T-Y-W-A-V-E-S. And I talked about the struggles that a single person might be having during this time. Everything from my mind racing at night, not being able to fall asleep, to checking kayak all the time, um, having cravings to just like get on a flight. Um, Because as the days go on, I just feel more and more stuck here. But now I'm kind of in a place where I've just accepted staying here. because I would never want to jeopardize my family getting sick and I want to take this really seriously. But I I really have been having a lot more good days than bad. And um, I want to just talk about probably one thing on a lot of our minds if we are single. It's dating and 
maybe being lonely by not having a person to talk to right now or trying to talk to someone we're dating and dealing with the distance. Um, So my latest blog post this week actually was on um, dating over the phone and it's called Can You Fall in Love Over the Phone? how and why dating during the coronavirus can lead to love. And so I want to share a story of my relationship that I just got out of in January that I've mentioned a few times and kind of what led to our breakup, but also the beautiful story about how we fell in love in the first place, which is really similar to long distance is really similar to social distance dating right now. And I thought it was really relevant and I thought it would be, um, hopefully, uh, just kind of some inspiration for you if you are single listening to this. And if you're not just a fun love story, and if you want to know about my personal life, here it is. So I'm going to read it and, um, yeah, probably give some commentary at the end, but here it goes. I fell in love in a Corona scratched out hopeless place, Kiriana. Well, it wasn't in the time of COVID-19, but in the beginning of it, social distancing was at the forefront of our relationship. We couldn't blame it on a pandemic, but rather an ocean keeping us apart. He lived in London and I in New York. While we're no longer together, I've reflected a lot this past week and I've realized that the way we fell in love is the exact way most new couples can fall in love this spring, over our phones. I'm hoping this story will encourage you to have more faith that dating and falling in love can still happen when you're physically apart from one another. It really is possible. How we met. It started with a beautiful, drunken happy hour at the Soho farmhouse. I was with a dear friend outside of London, and we had just purchased a bottle of rosé, poolside. We were talking about my single status, as it often came up, and he suddenly had a brilliant idea. I have a friend that's totally your type. Tall, blonde, European. Let's FaceTime him right now. And so we did. After a few short... After a few short minutes, we got off the call and moved on, basking in wine and laughs for the rest of the night. I thought nothing of it. But fast forward a few days, I had left the UK and was in Italy traveling around the Amalfi Coast with some other best friends. Talk about privilege and freedom. I'm mildly embarrassed to even describe this, because in our current world situation, the level of my appreciation and gratefulness for a trip like that is just immeasurable and traveling to gorgeous locales with friends and having zero cares in the world is probably something many of us are just dreaming about right now. But I think it's important to remember that while the beginning of the story might sound like a fairy tale, location is pretty insignificant when making a connection with someone, including your living room. Exponential exposure. So one lovely evening, while heading to the world's best cooking class in Positano, I saw that my FaceTime date had slipped into my DMs. His opening line, mutual friend said we should chat. So hello, how's Italy? 
And from there, a love story spiraled out of control. And much like a contagious virus, our interest in one another quickly grew exponentially. One text a day, one to two, two four, two eight, two paragraphs, two sending videos and voice notes. And by the end of our trip, we started sharing hourly updates and couldn't stop our excitement. I remember feeling anxious on my flight home. Now that I was leaving Europe, would my phone relationship end once I returned to normal life? Side note, he was still in the UK. I just went on to go travel to other places in Europe. Um, But around 6 p.m., I landed back at JFK. I turned on my phone and lit up. There were already several texts waiting from him. Did I want to have a phone call when I walked in my house, he asked. It would be the first time I heard his voice live. Nervous but excited, I called him. And we chatted for three hours straight. And during that convo, we shared photos of the most mundane parts of our lives, like our closets, (laughs) exchanged funny stories, and told each other about our families and their idiosyncrasies. It was the best and most open phone date I had ever been on. And he stayed up till 4 a.m. his time talking to me. The next night, we did the same for another five hours. This pattern continued for weeks. And slowly, we moved from calls to FaceTime, easing into our comfort with one another. I was always shocked that there was never a day where we didn't have hours of things to talk about. And I want to say that if FaceTime dates during this crisis right now seem awkward, I think it's totally okay to have a phone call first um, after you've been texting for a while and then you can lead into, you know, FaceTimes showing your apartment or whatever you're doing and then slowly you just get more comfortable with it. That's kind of what happened to us. Um, I want to preface also by saying that I'm much more of a texter than a phone person and I can count on one hand the people I prefer to speak to mainly just being my parents and a few close friends but this was unlike anything I've ever had in my life or at least since the 10th grade days of gossiping on the phone after school so our record was eight hours one Sunday where we did everything from making breakfast it was his lunch time to folding laundry, organizing our houses, etc. We joked around that we were falling in love like the old days and how romantic it all was. Because the beauty of a long-distance affair is that there is no playing it cool. Thus, you don't have a date, wait a week to go on date number two, and then text every few days in between. You can talk whenever you want, and the speed to which your relationship progresses is not impacted by your schedule. I believe that's why our love grew so fast. We just didn't have to wait or talk to see each other every day. There was also more honest dialogue about our emotions off the bat. We had nothing to lose. If it didn't work, we had less pressure by living in different countries. And if you're giving online dating a chance right now or thinking about it, there's also nothing to lose. There's no true obligation to see them in real life after everything, if it's not a good match making it official. So around two or three weeks of dating, we knew our connection was pretty serious. He started saying emotional things relating to our future and that he was falling for me. 
And I actually held back a lot of the lovey talk because I have a little more sensibility knowing that we just hadn't met in person. And this scenario, strange, strangely enough, wasn't my first texting relationship because there was that one time where I texted a pop star. Another story on my blog that you can look up. I knew a I knew and was scared about the possibility of us fizzling, and I told him that I'd communicate my feelings once once we saw each other in person. So he invited me to Europe, but I politely declined. If there is one thing I can tell anyone entering a long-distance relationship, it's in all caps, do not fly to him first. I have made this mistake so many times. Once with a winemaker in Napa, which you're probably drinking his stupid, stupid Pinot Noir right now. A guy in Seattle, two guys in San Diego, a stylist in London. I'm probably forgetting some others. And I'd always tell myself, well, you know, why not? You only live once and it's just a fun trip. And you know, when you're 50, you'll look back on it and be so happy that you had such a fun single life. And We'd have extremely romantic weekends, but then ta-ta, I'd be left heartbroken and the two, three days of fun was not worth the two, three months of disappointment. No matter how good he is at negotiating the bouginess of the trip or him logically convincing you why it's just easier this time for you to travel, you will always know a guy's true intentions for the long game if they offer to visit you first. So he booked his ticket to NYC. Our first real date. A little less than a month from our first DM, I found myself standing outside of his hotel with two umbrellas. You have to admit, meeting for the first time in the rain is pretty damn poetic. We hugged and he handed me a gift, a Herod's teddy bear. We then walked side by side to the pizza place I had been raving about for weeks. He was a big foodie like me. Bonus, bonus, bonus points. And he came back to my place, and we talked for a few more hours until we couldn't keep our eyes open any longer. Our usual. And we parted ways with our first kiss in my doorway. The rest of the weekend flew by. Because we had so many FaceTime and serious chats prior to meeting, Our connection in person felt so much deeper from the get-go. Bonus points that you'll also share with your future Corona BF. I love this aspect of newly dating. We explored some tourist spots, went to a chef's table restaurant having a wonderful three-hour meal. We made dinner one night and watched a movie. And we did silly and regular couple things like go to Bed Bath & Beyond and TJ Maxx. It was pretty amazing and we laughed the entire time. I had never, ever felt so comfortable with someone in my entire life. And my social anxiety immediately went away. And looking back on our entire relationship, there was really never a day where I wasn't my true and authentic self, which hasn't always happened with people I've dated. But perhaps it's because I laid out all my fears and baggage on the phone. I started to really have deep feelings for him. But instead of saying the L word just yet, we decided to come up with a silly nickname for something we loved so much. LaCroix 
pample mooses. So we started saying, I pample you instead of I love you. He was so goofy like that. And when it was for time for him to leave, we were both teary-eyed. Were we being crazy? And how the hell would this work out? He flew back to London on a red eye, and the very afternoon he landed, he already looked up flights to come back. The golden rule for long distance. He promised that we would see each other every two weeks, and we basically did. Hey, if Harry and Meghan can fall in love long distance, so could we. In fact, they called two weeks their golden dating rule and insisted that for a real connection to develop, this was the minimum amount of time you could go without seeing one another. It was in a few news articles. But in the corona days, of course, we're going to have to move this to four to six weeks, but you get the gist. He, he came back to New York and met my friends having another lovely weekend. And we cried and said, I love you for the first time upon his departure in the same doorway. Speaking of which, I should sage that shit. <laughs> um, I then went to visit him in Europe for 10 days vacationing in France and London I met his friends and family, including his parents, and it just was so wonderful because I already knew his social circle due to our mutual friend, and it just felt so natural, and everything was pretty easy and amazing. He'd text when he said he would, he'd call when he said he would, and we made time to have quality talks every single day. There was truly a moment in time in the early months where I didn't have a doubt in my mind that he wasn't my final person. We talked about our future so openly that it was the most refreshing relationship I had in such a long time, leaving me the mo- feeling the most secure and the most loved maybe ever. The beginning of the end. And then it stopped being easy well, while most fairy tales have an end, I hope you don't copy this one. I started noticing unhealthy patterns in our communication and other issues started creeping up like finances because international flights are costly, getting vacation time with work was challenging, and most strikingly, our daily lifestyles and choices were just pretty different. And I do want to respect the private part of our relationship as much as possible. So without giving any more personal details, the real shit just started unraveling. And I know what you're thinking. No shit, Sherlock. Your FaceTime romance wasn't real. But because our relationship always had so much depth and communication, I believe that we'd maturely tackle life problems as they came. But sadly, we just could not. Um, Once the real conflicts arose, we reacted in completely different ways. And I think we both started noticing our different coping mechanisms. Things just shifted. So I'm someone that needs to talk through a situation soon after and just work it out. And he is not. And thinks time settles things or perhaps ignoring them does I'm still not really sure his thought process on that but however 
I tried to compartmentalize these worries about a relationship and kept moving forward. There were bound to be long-distance struggles, right? And I just chalked them up as long-distance issues. Around five months in, we flew to Seattle for Thanksgiving to meet my family, and it was pretty good. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. My family instantly felt at home with him like I did, but fights were just crawling up, and... We spent the holidays together too, and it was the same. Much like quarantine life, some days were good, but some were sad. And the breakup. So then in January, having enough serious talks or lack thereof, we could not move forward in our relationship and just find a place of understanding. So our curve was completely flattened. FaceTime videos changed to calls, to texting, to a few days of not talking, and then I'd say we both both broke up with one another pretty mutually. Um, that's what we both mutually wanted at the time. The Corona rekindling, uh, la la. I'm naturally. There was some caving and texting after the breakup, which I think is normal when you're grieving such a serious love. It was so hard to stop talking, especially since that's all we ever did, and neither of us were very good at it. I've wondered over the past few months, if we had been in the same city, would physical connection have helped cure our fights? You know, when you have an argument, but one good hug or just one, seeing one funny thing in person can just make all the anger go away. Or were we always broken and we just didn't know it because living oceans apart slowed down time for us to realize it. It probably would have helped ease some, but I believe the issues that were apparent in our relationship would have come out eventually anyways, irregardless of our distance. And I'm not going to lie, this whole coronavirus has stirred up feelings of missing our communication and the good parts of our relationship more than anything. So we did rekindle over text recently, but the very issues that were present upon our breakup came up again within a few days, which in a way has been one of the best forms of closure you can possibly get. And I think some of the closure that I have needed the past few months because in a major world crisis and global pandemic, if you still can't choose love or find understanding over everything else, then it's just not meant to be. So start texting. Um, The moral of the story is not about my whirlwind romance or breakup though. It's about realizing that there's a possibility of finding a fucking significant love of your life while being forced to socially distance because I just told you a story about it. A person that I spent four weeks talking to before meeting ended up being one of my greatest romantic endeavors and it didn't have a happy ending. But distance wasn't the greatest downfall of our relationship. Ultimately, we were a mismatch on personal deal breakers that I think were brought to light over a six-month period, hopefully much longer than this COVID chaos will entail. Thus, 
Better communication would have been the only thing that healed us, not proximity. And if you're still thinking it's depressing or weird to date right now, I get it. I hate an awkward video chat with a stranger, I feel you, but I'm thinking that maybe both of you will be more vulnerable with your emotions and have a real chat from the start. In a time like the present, I'm encouraging you to give love a chance because you never know how worthwhile it might be. A true connection can happen, oceans apart or even streets apart, starting from your phone. And if I could do it all over again, I really would. And immediately answer that DM. So that is my story about how I met my last boyfriend and why it ended and more so why I still believe in love in such a scary and weird time like this. Um, you know? I never thought that this would ever happen in in a million years for, for both things, but I really think that there's nothing to lose. And if you're sitting in your apartment lonely and you've always hated dating apps, it still might be worth a shot, um, to just see if you can find someone with an immediate texting communication and maybe it will grow into a beautiful love story like mine, um, If you go to my blog, I actually have a blog post called Dating App 101. If you're totally new to dating apps or you have no clue what to do or you want to improve your dating app profile, um, there's like 10 mini chapters, which are really just paragraphs, where I tell you how to craft your profile, which are my favorite to use, um, opening lines not to use, etc. So If you want to check that out, you can. And I also offer um, dating app profile consultations where I can help choose your photos for you and help you craft your text to make sure that it represents you in the most honest and authentic way. And um, I worked for a dating app, so I kind of know the ins and outs and what photos work and what lines work. So just go to my blog or feel free to you know, chat me on Instagram or email me um, and I can try to help you. And I wish all of us um, some happiness in such a scary time. And yeah, so if you have any great love stories that come from this, please do let me know and I'll be looking for my next one as well. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. It means a lot that you've made it to the end of the podcast and I hope you got something out of it. If you want to read this podcast, again, it will be on the blog and we'll probably have more details at 30waves.com. You can follow me on Instagram at 30waves.com where I share more daily tips and random thoughts about our 30s. And if you liked this, I'd really appreciate if you could leave me a rating and also share it with any friends that you think might like this episode. So thank you so much.